Now, 7.33, exactly. Today does mark the 37th anniversary of the Guangzhou Democracy Movement. If you're just joining us, a uh, quick background here. Citizens took to the streets decades back to uh, really protest against an unprecedented military clampdown. An official ceremony will take place today involving around 10,000 people, including family members of those who lost their lives in the uprising. We remember this day by talking to a couple of guests. And first, we invite former U.S. ambassador to South Korea, Donald Gregg, who served from 1989 to 93 and has over three decades of experience at the Central Intelligence Agency. We could probably fill hours worth of talk with you, uh, Mr. Gregg. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Delighted to do it. Thank you. And and you've been critical about those who argue that the North Korean military was involved in the May 18th uprising. Can you elaborate on that stance? Well, I think uh, my it was it was very clear to me. uh, I went there. I went to Guangzhou three times. It was very clear to me that uh, what had happened was that Chen Duhuan had brought in uh, very heavy-handed special forces. Uh, that really overreacted to the uh, to the rioting there, and uh, I gather that uh, Chun has now uh, written a memoir and uh, is uh, trying to, uh, I guess, blame North Korea for what happened. And there was, uh, as far as I was concerned, there was no indication whatsoever of North Korean involvement in the uprising. That uh, and uh, for for this to be uh, brought up now, I think is is very unfortunate. But I think it is part of the hardline reaction uh, to the newly elected President Moon Jae-in's indication that he wants to reach out and establish dialogue with North Korea. And I am all for that. So I think this attempt to say, oh, uh, North Korea was involved in the Kwangju uprising is uh, very unfortunate and it needs to be knocked off and just uh, get out of the way. And you are backed up in what you're saying, aren't you, by classified CIA documents? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we took a very hard look at it uh, when I was ambassador. Uh, I had been a chief of station in uh, in uh, Korea before that. And uh, yes, uh, we took a very hard look at it, uh, past, present, and uh, I looked at it all, and there was no indication whatsoever of North Korean involvement. You have a personal connection to this uprising in the sense that you assumed your post uh, around a decade after the uprising. You visited Guangzhou, as you've just said, in, in three occasions. The first um, in January of 1990. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, well, I was, uh, I, was <laughs> I was advised by Kim Dae-jung to go down in, uh, in the winter uh, where the uh, there wouldn't be much student activity, and uh, so I I went down and uh, tried to meet as as many as people that, that I could. Uh, I was immediately asked if I had come down to apologize for American involvement in Guangzhou, and uh, I said no, we have we have nothing to apologize for. But by the the final day, I realized that by keeping as silent as we had, we sort of encouraged uh, uh, some people to think that uh, we, uh, we did have something to apologize for. So what I, what I finally said was, uh, I am down, uh, we do have something to apologize for, and that is for the fact that we have kept silent as long as we have about what happened, 
and have not made clear to everybody that there was no American involvement in the issue. Well, we know how sensitive this issue is, um, even just maintaining the memory. Uh, questions like whether the song March for the Beloved should be recognized by everybody. And, and nearly four decades on, with the Moon Jae-in administration doing a lot to, to, to ensure that the memory is upheld, what, what, I, I guess you welcome that. Yes, I don't know anything about the song, so I can't comment on that. But uh, I think when when tragic events like like that happen, uh, I think uh, everything should be done uh, to make it clear what actually happened, uh, to not allow uh, false rumors, to uh, inflict pain uh, where none should uh, none should remain. Uh, I think that there there was an overreaction on the part of Chen Duhuan, uh, and uh, that he is probably trying to get out from underneath that uh, feeling of guilt. But he's the one who overreacted, and uh, I think that uh, he should not be allowed to put off uh, uh, the blame on the North Koreans because they were not involved. Um, just to address something you said before about the U.S. as well, not having anything to apologize for but except for keeping silent with all the different claims that have been made about U.S. support for Chandawan and, and involvement in this. Can, can you just address those for us? Well, uh, Chun was not, uh, he was not anybody we were particularly uh, in, in favor of. Uh, we didn't uh, really like his, his attitude. Uh, I, I remember uh, uh, when I went to Guangzhou, uh, some of the people that I talked to there said, oh, we thought uh, you were coming to save us when you sent an aircraft carrier to Pusan. And uh, I said, well, absolutely not. That, uh, that aircraft carrier to Pusan was, was a signal to North Korea not to get involved in the issue whatsoever. Uh, and, they, and they did not. And uh, so the, uh, it, I mean, it was very clear to me uh, that it was Chun Du Huan and his his introduction of, of special forces that had caused the tragedy, uh, and that uh, this uh, it needed to be made clear that we did not support that action on his part. I did not. I was against it from the beginning, and uh, I have been uh, against it and continue to be against it uh, today. So I'm sorry that he has sort of intervened again in writing, uh, I haven't read the memoir, but I've just heard that it is out, and I suspect that he is saying, oh yes, it was the North Koreans who caused all the trouble, where it was not, it was Chan Duan. Just to um, reiterate a point I made earlier, that this is also being remembered around the world, there's a major UN symposium, though, later this month, the first of its kind. You'll be attending that. Yes, just how big is that going to be? I have no idea. I haven't heard. Uh, I don't have much. Uh, I have. I have it marked on my on my calendar. I'm looking forward to uh, going uh, to it. It's between ten and twelve o'clock on the twenty sixth of May. I'm looking forward to going. I will say the same kind of things there that I have just said here, and uh, I hope that by going and showing my consider my continuing uh, interest in the in the issue to be helped to keep it from causing uh, continued pain. But I have great affection for the Korean people. I hope you all know that. Uh, I have uh, enjoyed my 
my work with the Koreans very much, and uh, I will always do anything that I can to uh, clarify where there is confusion in terms of what the American role has been and uh, try to make it clear that we are uh, one of your very enthusiastic partners, that we are very grateful for the great support that you give us and that we want to have our partnership continue on very strongly. Well, uh, a very strong message from former U.S. Ambassador to South Korea, Donald Craig. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. And, and there is still a great appetite for this Seoul-Washington friendship to continue regardless of political developments in the U.S. with Donald Trump and Moon Jae-in ascending here. And in fact, uh, Moon Jae-in is doing nothing to suggest that that relationship is going to wane uh, in the few days that he's been in office so far. But let's now bring in, uh, to continue the Kwangju discussion, Sol Gapsu, translator of the book Kwangju Diary, first ever documentation of the movement, and he'll also be taking part in the UN Symposium. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me today. First, can you address the significance of this book, The Guangzhou Diary, um, Beyond Death, Beyond the Darkness of the Age, to offer its full title, in uncovering what really happened there? Uh, Dobu is actually also called Beyond the Beyond. was pub- was pub- first published in 1985. It was written by student activist Jay Lee and others. The book was credit to Hwang Seok-yong, a famous writer, to protect E.J. and his organization. Uh, the book is a very vivid and graphic account of what happened in Gwangju over the 10 days in May. Uh, and I, I, I just wonder how you yeah. feel about the fact that it's been in English um, and republished after going out of print since 2005. It, it does seem like tying in with this UN event, it's, it's, it's a crucial way of getting the message out beyond the Korean audience. I'm very happy. Uh, I'll be, I thought that the book will complete the, how people understand Korea and Korean society. For instance, we are there much talk about the Hallyu or Korean wave, but you should understand that such a, such a cultural innovation would have been impossible if there is there is a, a political censorship or there is no political freedom. So what made what Korea today is thanks to what they do, what they fought for in Gwangju in 1980. A few months ago, you decided to hand over the publication rights of the English version of the book to Gwangju City. What led you to that decision? Gwangju Diary never been an individual project. It was a collective project. Many people got involved with this from the beginning, and uh, it should not belong to individuals. It should be part of the legacy of uh, Gwangju City. So I decided to donate the uh, copyright to the foundation and uh, work together them to get the, get, the re- get the book republished. Let's talk a bit more about the book itself. Uh, it, it became an underground bestseller in 85 when it was first published. That's when you, I understand, first read the book. You were a high school student then, if you don't mind me saying so. So how did that impact you? It was like a hammering in your head. I mean, I was deeply shocked by the military violence first. Then I was shocked that it was ordinary citizens that fought back and that defeated paratroopers. Uh, my family is like a middle class with a strong regional bias against Jola. 
I remember my father uh, tossed away tons of resume from Jola region into tr- trash bin because they he hate he has a strong bias against them. The book shattered that bias, and uh, I now learned that I have I, I needed to have some respect for ordinary people and the working masses. Wow. Oh. Uh, and actually, Donald Gray talked about some CIA documents about Dan Gangju, and I went over many documents that have been recently classified. One document say people like me are Gangju generation, and I'm a proud member of that generation, Gangju generation. And just like you, those who've experienced this in English have also been shocked, understandably. Can you talk to us a bit about the yeah, response? Many, yeah, when I send out the manuscript for publishers, and uh, many publishers, editors, who do not believe what happened to Guangzhou, they ask me back whether it actually happened, when it when happened, how come nobody knows about that. So I ask Bruce Cummings to write a letter to them to vouch for Guangzhou and uh, basically stating that it was a real event, a real massacre happened in in Guangzhou in 1980s. And yeah. I still got an email from many uh, college students time to time who read the, the book as part of their cross reading, saying thank you for translating this book and so on. So, you know, um, it kind of, this book is basically very transcending experience for anyone who, who read it. Well, you've certainly given us good reason to check it out, and the endorsement from Bruce Cummings will no doubt help as well. But uh, he himself yeah. has been uh, criticised at times by conservatives for what they see as a revisionist view of the past. It's impossible to get away from any criticism from one side or the other of a history of the 20th century. And we thank you for not only confronting that, but also taking the time to speak with us today. Okay, that's why the UN Forum is important. That's why we have brief comings one hand and uh, Donald Gregg on the other. We try to be the consensus about Guangzhou internationally at home too. And as we've just heard from Donald Gregg, he, he, he certainly is willing to to look starkly at the past. And, and himself, yeah. he realized there was a need to confront this when he visited as U.S. ambassador in 1990. Sol Gapsu, translator of the book, Guangzhou Diary. Thank you very much. We welcome further messages on this day today, the anniversary, 37 years on from the uprising. Powder Sharp, 1013 for 51 per message.